eternal show. We're never gonna die. We're gonna live forever. We've got some stuff to talk about. One of us is an international traveler recently. The other one of us, and there's also another one. We haven't left the country in a little while. We've also got to talk about <laughs> some previews and some other stuff, and then we're gonna be done. Whose phone is ringing? <laughs> oh, nutsack! Not it's mine. <laughs> can you still hear it? I can just hear. I didn't realize it until I looked down. Oh. Look down, look down. My sister's going to go see Les Mis tonight. You'll always be a slave. 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 That's the lyric. I don't know if we're allowed to say slave in 2019. I don't know what you can say in 2019. Can we even say, say 2019? It's almost dead. No, no. It's too soon, too late. <laughs> One of those two. It's it's too soon to be too late. <laughs> oh, too late to be soon. Okay, go. It's, it's All right. Nice. Welcome back to Affable Idiots. So very affable. Such much idiota. I'm Jesse Neal, a.k.a. Lucas Skywalker. Films. <laughs> oh my god. Like Do you think George Lucas named him Luke after himself? Probably. Vanity. How my vain. I never Lucas. realized that. <laughs> I didn't either until I said it. And over here, we've got Chad Michael Lucas. Innes. Lucas J. Skywalker. Get over here right now. It's like his full name. Right, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. That's okay. Over here, we've got Chad Michael Innes, aka. La Princesa de Leia. Ooh. Spanish Leia. <laughs> I, I guess Still that's dead, how though. you say it. Still dead. Hashtag. Never forget that time she died. Hashtag. <laughs> and then came back to life and just fucking flew through outer space. And then hashtag. Did she? Still she, dead in her life. Is she, did she die again? No, she's still alive in the movies. Anyways. Yeah. And over here, we've got holding it in with Holden Departo. I don't know why I <laughs> always want to say that. Uh, it's because AKA, it's so catchy and I'm brilliant. AKA C3PO and BB8 and what's the other one that's really R2-D2. popular? Thank you. R2D2. I had a brain fart. Cool. I'm robotic. <laughs> yeah. You are super intelligent because hmm. you are future. Well, not you, you. God, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> jk jk rowling (laughs) all right we've got some really good topics to talk about hot tops hot tops hot tops we're gonna oh hold on hold on hold on hold on before we leave jk rowling yes i was debating whether or not to say this joke since you said the punchline already but (laughs) what's harry potter's favorite way to get down a hill running jk rowling That's stupid. really stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, I really like it. I really like it. Gosh, that was terrible. But I loved, loved it. You know it. what I mean? It was like that kind yeah. of bad. We're going to start the show out talking about the newest Star Wars trailer and David Benioff. Am I saying that right? Benioff? Yep. And DB, DB and DB. And DB Weiss or Vice, depending. Leaving Star Edelweiss. Wars. Edelweiss, Edelweiss, and the Apple TV Plus launch because everybody knows if somebody's doing it, Apple's got to come in and do it better. 
And <laughs> better? <laughs> we'll see. Her? Her? Apple's just got to get in on it. Egg? Um, lastly, and one of us, as as you might have heard from the introduction song, has yeah, been there's a famous song written about it. The, the we played it in our song. intro. <laughs> one of us has been an international traveler this most recent month. And we're sending that for the podcast, uh, which is this. This is the podcast, in case you're just uh, tuning in. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, we're going to talk about that trip and where that person went on that trip. And Ooh. then we're going to do so a So many mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Then we're going to do a <laughs> so quiz mysterium. to see how much that person learned about that country. Ah! Whoa! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Fight milk. Ah! Ah! All right. So let's start. Let's talk about that trailer, yo. Oh, shit. That newest trailer. We just watched it again right before we started recording just to get a refresher. And it gets me more than any Star Wars trailer mm. has ever gotten me. The mu- so the many music? goosebumps. It's, 100% of it is the music. So good. The also- best orchestration of that theme ever. There was there was this part in the in the preview where Ray said nobody knows me, and then Kylo Ren says I do, and I just want them to be together. You just want to see them smash. I do, <laughs> but also smush their privates together. Also, Kylo Ren is fine, and I want to live vicariously through Ray because he's an evil villain. I thought villain, you wanted to live vicariously we- through him because Daisy Ridley is. Fine. She uh, is fine, but I'm just not sexually attracted to her as a straight what? person. I know. I know. What? I know. You but, love weird noses, though, and man, uh, does Adam Driver have a weird nose. Man, it's so good. It's so good. And, like, when his hair was his wet, nose? like, plastered to his face, and it was, like, not cute. It was so cute. I really liked it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's... I'm into it. I'm into the movie. I'm excited. And while I was watching it, I was reminded of when Mike and I said that this has been our favorite of the Star Wars movies. And that trailer yep. just really proved that point, I think. Uh, when you see C-3PO standing there looking at everyone, they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just taking one last look at all of my friends. I was like, oh, oh, what's happening to 3PO? So sad. It reminds me of that scene in, in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows when Dobby dies and he's like, Ugh. how great it is to be among friends. And I was like, oh God. Oh, I got chills just oh, thinking God. about that scene. Also, I it's know. a cold in my apartment, but still. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was the part I actually liked the least about the trailer. Because my first question immediately was, when were they friends? When have they ever even had a scene together? Oh. I don't think that they have. That included... It's kind of felt unearned. Are you kidding that me? Doesn't, just because they might not have had a scene together doesn't mean they're not friends. You know, stuff goes but on behind exactly. the scenes. But for us, the audience, to care about it, we need to have seen... Well, he was together. there with R2, and they've been there for... They've been together since the dawn of time. Sure. I'll and take R2. But he said friends, and that includes... Ray and Poe Dameron. It was Finn in that scene too. It just yeah. I, that didn't resonate for me. Well, I think it resonated me, me the most. Movie, this could so. be at the end of the movie, yeah. And yeah. maybe they've been friends the whole movie. It's a buddy cop film with three PO and Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I think if it is, if it's in the context of like, hey, we want C three PO to do this heroic thing, and we have to 
do something where he might not come back. Like that'd be nice because his arc is he's a coward. He's a total coward. He's never really done anything of importance. So, like if they're sending him to do something important, he's kind of concerned that he might not make it back. Like that'd be interesting. But I still don't buy that they have a relationship that I can care about from the perspective of this trailer. Like, I just kind of saw that immediately went like I just don't like I don't see it. But the thing that I liked for the trailer was the location is really cool. That like ice. I, what is like a it's not a planet it was like something in space is just a big chunk of ice yeah with like was it princess leia on it. hurtling towards the spaceship after she died <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. stuff like that was really cool for me um but i don't know it was extremely vague whereas i feel like and i just watched the last night trailer right before watching rise of skywalker again whereas i feel like that trailer showed the themes of what to expect from last jedi with that kind of going to the plot points i don't expect this to go into the plot points because no star wars trailer ever has they're usually pretty vague but i don't know what the theme is i don't i don't really get like what the theme of this movie is going to be quite yet um i'm also concerned i to begin assume with this, you, you just know. said what the theme of the movie is but uh because you broke up that a it's bit. the end um i assume the theme of the movie is this is everything coming together. This is That's friendship. That's not a theme, though. This is... That is absolutely a, a theme. The end is the not end a theme. The end of a saga. That's not a the theme. The end of a saga. That's the theme of the trailer. Yeah. But that's not the theme of the movie. Like, it doesn't is the matter. movie just going to be all about it being the end? It doesn't but have to give the theme of the movie towards? in every trailer. It just has to show you this is the theme. This is the end of the, the saga that you fell in love with all these characters. They're friends now. Whether so you want them to be friends or not, at. Holden. And yeah, and they're pulling at those hearts. They're pulling all those think, like, the themes that were in the last Jedi trailer were like Luke Skywalker and his concerns over Rey. Like that was kind of something they were hinting at. As we've a had a, of that. We've had a Rise of Skywalker trailer where they show more themes of the movie, just like there was, was one the in the Last theme? Jedi. I mean, there was Rey going over the dark side. There's like possibly her being conflicted about who she wants to support. So there have been so this trailer's purpose was different. Of love because Kylo Ren knows her. Mm. Well, I'm glad you guys saw something in it. I didn't really get much from the trailer. I think they're really just trying to sell the movie on, like you said, it's the end of the saga. And that's exactly that, what the But I think was that's for. not but that's not what the that's not the a story theme. I don't think they were like the trying theme to would give be you a story what theme. the end culminates to. I, mean, I don't, what, what the I don't think the that was is. the point of this trailer, though. It wasn't. You were tr- you were looking for something that they weren't trying to give you. I, I wasn't looking for anything in particular. I was looking. You were because you felt like it was lost, and I didn't learn anything really about the movie. I, re- I think that I'm, the I'm, point I'm, of I'm this upset. trailer. I'm not upset. I'm sad for you that you feel that way, but I enjoyed the hell out of what we just watched, and I can't wait to see the movie. I feel like the point of this trailer was to show some cool action, play some good music, make you feel something, and and then also be like, this is the end of this of this saga mm-hmm. of it, and just to play with those feelings inside of the viewer, and not to give a lot about what the movie itself is going to be. Uh, I think that perhaps was this trailer. Yep, I this and the last one compared- together, the last one that started with like all the footage from the previous movies leading up to like culminating in the yeah. the rise of Skywalker footage that had her turning to the dark side, possibly whatever that might mean. That's totally a vision is both of those two the dark side. Both of those two trailers are a hundred percent just trying to say, Hey, you've been with these characters for decades. They're wrapping up in this movie. It's going to be epic. Come watch mm-hmm. it. And I, 
I bought into it. In fact, I already had my tickets. But I, I think like that's what I already gathered though from the other trailers that I expected something different from this trailer, and it's just that again. So I, it didn't really speak to me in, in in a huge way because I'm like, oh, okay, so I, like I know exactly what I knew beforehand. Whereas if you go go again I don't or wanna, watch it the last I don't want to know more. What? I don't want to know more. I don't want to know information about the story and the plot I, points. You're not getting me. I'm not saying like. I want to know what the plot of the movie is. Like, each Star Wars trailer, if you go back, each Star Wars trailer, there's the kind of first trailer that's like, hey, guys, here's the title, here's some shots of the movie. Just kind of seeing the explosions and kind of the fun stuff, that's the teaser trailer. The trailer is supposed to be more of like, okay, here's the theme, here's kind of like a vibe of what we're going for in it. And I didn't get that new vibe that I didn't already see in other trailers, is my point. So, like, it wasn't a terrible trailer. I just don't think that it did anything the other trailers didn't already do. I feel like you just don't have a heart because both of us felt something. <laughs> I felt, okay. I, I mean, we can I all feel something the, different. That's fine. I haven't seen the trailers prior to this one, I don't think. I might have seen, like, the first one that released, like, when it was just, like, Ray's face. I think. Unless that was a different movie. Mm-hmm. Might no, have, that was... Uh, that I'm was sure probably Ray's the second that one. That was this one? Okay. So that's the only other one I've seen. Uh, so I can't speak to that. So, uh, oh, no. But I, <laughs> oh, no. oh no, uh, I did. I did enjoy. I think. Um, uh, do 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 do. What am I trying to say? I think that it sounds like we came to the trailer wanting something, wanting different things, maybe. And because I was not, I think I was just going and be without an expectation or like without a want. Or, you know, like, oh, I want it to show me this. I just... I didn't say in. I wanted to with a certain desire, though. Well, I just wanted to know more about the movie. That's for very vague. You literally thing. just voiced a desire. I wanted to learn desire. more about the movie is what you just said. But that's a general, like, desire. I just want to see what they're going to show me. And they didn't show me anything I hadn't already seen before. So I don't want, think I was going into the They showed you a lot of scenes that you had never seen before. Okay, quick blips of sequences that are out of context. Like I, that's I that's think I'm gonna explain myself well, maybe because no, I get, I get what I know. I I think I get what you're what you're saying, but like you saying you wanted to see something you hadn't seen before, it like that is a desire in and of itself. Like it might not, it might be a vague desire. But that's like that's not expecting something though. Like it, I'm gonna see a, a new trailer. It's were, not ridiculous to think that we're going to learn something thematically about the film that we hadn't gathered from the previous trailers. Otherwise, why would this trailer exist? Well, no, it's not. I'm, I'm so it's not really an expectation. That's like uh, saying, I'm going to see a new movie right now, and it's going to have new footage in it that wasn't in previous movies. But, that's not an expectation. That's just like a matter of fact, that's what's going to happen. But it's not what happened. So it so it was an expectation. Which is expecting... why I think it was an unsuccessful trailer and didn't have well, a, a reason to exist. Because you let it didn't, for, a for me, like it didn't offer anything new. Like you even yourself just said, Chad, that it was the same theme as the previous trailers, which is it's the end. Here's the end. And it was what I'm saying is, is that previous Star Wars movies and movies in general have a teaser trailer that kind of says, hey, like the end's coming or the movie's coming. And then the trailer expounds on that. And there was nothing that really expounded upon that. It was just kind of the same thing as the other trailers. I don't think it had a reason for being necessarily. Jesse, will you finish your thought? <laughs> yes. Well, what I was saying is um, wanting, like coming to the, the trailer, like wanting because of the history of trailers, as you have just laid out, you had an yeah. expectation to see something new that you hadn't seen. Like- Hold on. (laughs) You had an expectation to see something you hadn't seen. 
And from your perspective of it, you didn't see anything new. So that's from what I'm taking of mm-hmm. it, at least, is why you're upset. I came to it with... Li- I'm not upset. Well... <laughs> to be clear, I'm not upset at it. Or why you didn't love it is what is yeah. perhaps what I mean. Um, I came to it, and perhaps Mike as well, just like... I, at least I can say for myself, I didn't have any. My only expectation was to see footage of the of the movie and hear music. Like that's literally it, because that's just what I know. Every trailer is it's music and it's footage of some kind. And so I wasn't. I didn't have any disappointments in it because I was just. I, it gave me something I hadn't gotten. Perhaps also because I haven't seen all of the trailers previous. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not disappointed by it, I think. It's, it, at least it's what I'm getting from the conversation so far. Yeah, but again, I really disagree with this idea that I was expecting something from it. I don't think going into a trailer saying, I can't wait to see what they're going to show, what I'm going to learn from this trailer, is an expectation. Saying, I can't wait to see more footage of Palpatine. Oh, no, they didn't show footage of Palpatine. That would be setting an expectation for myself. Going into the saying, I can't wait to learn what I'm going to see in this trailer, like that's not an expectation. That's not saying I expect to see these things from this trailer. I think everyone goes into a trailer with some kind of expectation, and yeah. I think it's impossible to be let down without having to have an expectation be like being disappointed that they didn't meet an expectation. Like, how can you be let down and then also say in the same sentence that I my expectation wasn't met or that I didn't? Because I, I already said it. Because we didn't learn anything from the trailer, we didn't already know from previous trailers. So they let That's... you down on providing something new, which means you expected so something. So a new, new from trailer, the trailer should not offer anything new. I think you have a different definition than the rest of the world on expectation. I, I think we are totally on different pages on this one. Completely. I don't understand. I don't understand how the idea that a new trailer doesn't have to offer anything new. Like there's. They literally label this the final trailer. This is the last we're going to see of this. There's and there's going to be some reason for that trailer to exist. Some reason that this is the last trailer. Otherwise, why don't they just re-release the previous trailers? Why do they put money in to make this trailer? Well, I, I don't think, think we're going to convince reason, each other, but, but I yeah. do. I, I we're not going to convince each other. I think this should be the end of yeah. the discussion. But yeah. I'm saying from my point of view, this trailer did more for me emotionally than the last trailer did, regardless of them having the same mission of just saying this is the end and the culmination. Um, mm-hmm. I think the music and I think that the new scenes that we did see with different themes in them uh, that I saw in the trailer they definitely affected me in a way that the previous trailer didn't. So that's what I gathered from it. I understand you gathered something different and somehow disappointing that didn't let down an expectation you previously came in with. I'm sorry you're disappointed in it. I know because I know you love this. I'm not disappointed in it. I'm I'm annoyed because you guys think I'm disappointed in it. I don't know what you feel. You're not, I don't, I don't understand your point. Because I don't really feel anything about it because there wasn't really anything I think to feel anything towards. The only thing I have to really say about it is the shots looks cool. C-3PO don't understand what the relationship is. That's kind of my only really thoughts on the trailer. I'm not disappointed in it. I didn't see it. It goes, that footage sucks. It looks like a Star Wars movie and I'm going to see it because it's a Star Wars movie. But there's like going into Last Jedi. I'm like, oh, I want to know what Kylo Ren by Let the Past Die. I want to know what that means to the context of Star Wars. Like, I had these questions going in, and this movie, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going to see it because it has Star Wars in the title of it. I don't have any thoughts going into Rise of Skywalker because the trailers haven't really set me up for that, I don't think. Like, yeah, I'm curious what's going to happen with Palpatine, but I knew they weren't going to show anything like that in the trailer anyway. They want you to have that be revealed to in the movie. So, like, the trailer wasn't showing me anything 
that I hadn't already felt before. And it doesn't bring me to the movie with any questions. I think you did mention one question is, why should I care about this relationship between C-3PO and these people he's seemingly never met? But that's more that's of a be answered in the because, movie. yeah, it's more of a concern because they didn't set up anything the past two movies. Well, you're walking into this movie with that question, trying to figure out that relationship. And I think this question po- or this trailer posed that question for you. And hopefully, I, that's where be I think I see that part differently because I feel like that scene was more like you should have felt something because you already feel that connection when they have that. That was supposed to be like a, oh, I want to find out what goes on C3PO because he's looking at his friends. He's going to miss his friends. You're supposed to be feeling something already based off of something that already apparently happened in the previous in, movies. In my brain, and I, I don't use feel my that. imagination did. To, ensue, yeah. uh, to assume and, and feel empathy with what he might have been through with those characters. I didn't need to see something in the past, but. I assume whatever it was was going to be really emotional and heartfelt, and I got that from the trailer. And okay. ho- hopefully the movie does sort of expound on that, because it would be nice if they do that, and that way when this happens, unless we're completely misunderstanding or misinterpreting what that scene or clip was, I- I- I'm hoping that they expand on that so that, you know, so that you're not left feeling that way. Because yeah, like, truly, just because I know that this series is... So a series that's been important to you in your life and that you've loved. So I don't mm-hmm. want you to be upset by it. Like in the end, not not speaking about the trailer. I mean, like in the end, like after you've seen the movie and yeah. everything. Um, I I think I don't have as much uh, attachment to it, perhaps, which could also be making mm-hmm. it a little bit easier for me to just look at it and take it and 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 and, and be, you know, fully ha- happy with it. That could be part of it as well. I really I'm not sure at all but um i'm hoping that the movie answers the the questions or the lack of questions i just hope it like proves itself i hope it makes you happy yeah you know what i mean i want it to make me happy too. (laughs) yeah yeah well let's uh let's talk about the david let me pull my slack up db and db david benioff and db weiss (laughs) So, uh, I don't know that I'm familiar with this, so do tell, please. So, yeah, DB so and DB David were Benioff. supposed to... Uh, oh, sorry, hold on. This is your topic. You go. Yeah, so David Benioff and DB Weiss, obviously, were the showrunners of Game of Thrones, uh, which this year was released, uh, their final season, which uh, is controversial to many, many people. <laughs> and it was after... I think, actually, it was... Was it before or after Game of Thrones finished? It was before Game of Thrones finished airing, actually. That they announced they're going to be working the next Star Wars trilogy. It was going to be those those two guys, which immediately brought up some concerns amongst the Game of Thrones fans because a lot of them were not happy with how Game of Thrones ended, and at least in like my case, I wasn't really comfortable with the idea of these guys working on Star Wars. Yeah, Wait, and so there's going to be another trilogy after this one. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, cool. we'll get we'll okay. the story is developing, but cool, we'll cool, cool. we'll talk about all that. Cool. cool. So. They get onto the Star Wars project, and then in August, they get a $200 million uh, deal with Netflix to make shows with Netflix. So it seems like there's going to be a conflict of interest, potentially. Can you repeat that? You just broke up a lot. Oh, um, they, DB Wise and David Benioff agreed to a $200 uh, million agreement with, with Netflix to make content with Netflix. insane amount of money. Yep. Okay. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but then they quit Star Wars just recently, so they're not doing Star Wars anymore. And they cited that it was because of the Netflix deal they wanted to focus on the Netflix deal. However, uh, we just recently learned, this is from a Vanity Fair reporter who has her own podcast. And on a Patreon 
exclusive episode of this podcast, she mentions that she heard from from someone that they were actually fired in May mm. of this year, and they're just announcing it now. And it, they were fired specifically as a as a response to the Game of Thrones backlash that they didn't want to have to deal with that essentially when making the new Game of Thrones. I was a new Star Wars stuff. Now that reporter has taken down that podcast and has tweeted out, didn't deny it, but just said that it's not something she'd report on because she didn't have enough sources to to make a full on like, story about it. So it's basically a rumor. It's not official. But I think it makes sense. The only thing that's weird to me is why would they fire them in May and not announce it until like November? I also think that's that's the strange thing to me in the story. <clears throat> I, I read have... a quote. Oh, go for it. Sorry, I read a quote that I I'm like seventy percent sure was from Kathleen Kennedy. If not, yeah, it was from someone she's... at Disney who was you like, "The whole like I can't work with them again in the future. They want to come back." Yeah, like we're inviting them back yeah. in the future after they're done with Netflix, and we'd love to have them back working on Star Wars. Yeah, which seems to go against the Vanity Fair well, podcast. But that's PR. They could just be saying that for PR, so it doesn't look too bad. Well, I feel like if if they fired them in May and they don't want them back, they didn't have to say anything. They could just but let them say we're leaving. But they said similar things about Colin Trevorov and Christopher uh, Lord, Chris, the two guys that made. Um, solo before it was taken Phil off. Phil and Lord, yeah, Chris Miller, Phil. So wait, they never the... say bad things about these people. They're just like it was, it was great working with them, yada yada yada. But I don't feel like um, they ever said if you want to come back and work on Star Wars, yeah. the door is open. Yeah, I feel like the they didn't have that... to say that. It seems notable that a Vanity Fair reporter is saying this though, and didn't refute the claim when she responded on Twitter. I don't know. I feel like she just. I feel like firing somebody because of one season of a television show didn't do well is would be absurd i don't know that doesn't change the fact that it may or may not have happened but like all the other seasons were really good and everybody was happy so like i it's like and i'm not questioning you because like because we don't know but like i'm just like if that happened then they're essentially saying that what five seasons because there were six seasons of game of thrones right five Mm -hmm. seasons there were eight Eight. Eight okay. So then, essentially, they're saying seven seasons of, for the most part, great, incredible work means fuck all compared to one right. season of eh, we we didn't love it. Yeah, I think based on the statement from Kathleen Kennedy, or I'm again assuming it was her, but I think it was saying it was they are great. Yeah. Like she mentioned, they are exceptional storytellers. We can't wait for them to when they're done with Netflix. The exceptional storytellers was when they announced the deal to start making Star Wars with those two guys. She no in the quote about oh, inviting she, them back. They she called them okay. exceptional storytellers. Yeah, so I would say that there is more to it than just the one season of the TV show. For starters, that's the only thing they've ever worked on, and the show was good when it was basically verbatim, blah verbatim from the books. Like when you read the first season, or sorry, read the first book, which I've I've read the first book, I have started the second book. It is shockingly similar. Like it is exactly the same. The dialogue is taken directly from the book. They essentially were transcribing, and it started to get worse when they weren't on the material. But also, David Benioff is the only one of the two who's actually written things outside of Game of Thrones, and what he's written is really, really bad. So. We'll go with with uh, Wolverine Origins. He wrote Wolverine Origins, which included the character Deadpool, which notoriously had his mouth sewn shut. Because, you know, that's what Deadpool is known for, is talking. 
and being witty and breaking the fourth wall. And the mark with the mouth. So it was like, yeah, it was a very odd choice. And then I went to go see Gemini Man. I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? Yeah. Or last time I recorded it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Watching it, I'm like, the script is just abysmally terrible. It's really, really bad. And the end of it, written by David Benioff. So I don't. I, I do think it's more than just this one project, of Game of Thrones, and also Last Jedi had a lot of backlash against it as well. And I think there's a lot of crossover between the fans who felt burned by Last Jedi and the fans who felt burned by Game of Thrones. I don't. And I think you're. I think also it's underestimating to say it's just one bad show. The response was awful. I mean, it had a huge petition to rewrite season eight, which is ridiculous. But like, but that had a. Over a million signatures. It's actually one, it's over one point five million compared to how many people that watched it. Seventeen. But to or have one point five million people though, but one point five million come out compared, of the woodworks to say something means there's probably a lot more people who didn't like it as but well. I don't know point, anyone who really loved the season. But one point five million people in comparison to it was probably at least twenty two million. At it's least also is a, it was a very change. small dot org. percentage. It's also a change dot org petition. That there are ones out there for really ridiculous, stupid things that anyone will just like, oh yeah, I'll go click that for a second and say they should rewrite this. 1.5 like, million ranks among the, the highest on change.org.org, uh, though. And also, it's like a survey. Like, when you see survey results or polls or any sort of study, it's never the entire population they're looking at. They're looking at a sample size. If a million and a half people were willing to but a go sample- to that website and sign the petition, that's a lot of people who didn't say anything as well. Yeah, but a sample size from a larger sample like when you look at it from a statistical standpoint it's not a lot which i mean i'm not negating that they didn't like it i love it but i think a it's one season the people who didn't like it were probably the people who loved the books as well and like lived Mm -hmm. and breathed game of thrones so that was just fine that's not that's not to 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 devalue that at all, but just but I, like the people who did sign that were probably like diehard fans of it. Um, but there was a huge backlash. Like, is that really? There was I, a I'm public backlash. Yeah. There, was there was a, a huge backlash. There was a yeah. big backlash. Yes, but you also do hear more, especially when something is v- reviewed negatively. You hear that more than when it is reviewed positively. Uh, and as this was the, f- I'm as I'm not trying to like. Um, mm. Uh, speak highly or whatever the what, like defend that last season i'm just saying like i, I because a, a, like a, a large number admittedly large number of people didn't like mm-hmm. it uh that's what you heard that's what was on social media that's what you heard you you hear the bad you rarely ever hear the good especially when a larger number sees the bad in it so that I think is a large part of what we heard because mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know that anybody loved it. I have yet to speak. I don't know. It's not, it's not something that I go around asking people about, but there's that. But also I think that even though there was a big backlash, it was one season in comparison to everything else. And I think that it's not like they took the material and then like completely changed it and made it like in space in the 1980s, like, you know, like, completely <laughs> changed it. Um, I don't know. I just think that... I, I, I just I just think it would be a bad business decision to fire them 
based off of one season of television that wasn't well reviewed. It, it I all. see. Yeah, I see the evidence that you're presenting. I'm not convinced that that's enough. That would have let Disney stay silent for five months and then say something that contradicts it. Because I think in the past they've been okay with, like, as it happens when Phil Lord and Chris Miller left Solo and Ron, uh, Ron Howard stepped in, like, they acknowledged that right away. I don't, I don't see any reason to stay silent for five months. I, it doesn't fit with what they've done in the past with previous directors of Star Wars that have left and been replaced. And I don't see that as, like, strong. I don't know. I just don't buy into it that that's enough to say, yes we fired them a long time ago and just didn't say anything. And now we're letting them walk away with their dignity. I think that another thing to keep in mind too, though, is that I think outside of last Jedi and force awakens, there has been some sort of behind the scenes, creative controversy with every single star Wars movie from Disney, every single one solo had it. Rogue one had it to a lesser extent. Rogue one had it. Um, and then they, again, just the backlash of the Last Jedi, even though they didn't have to do any reshoots or anything like that for that movie, they've had they've had to fire a bunch of people on, in the background already, and I just don't think it's a good image for them that they're going into their new trilogy and they're already going to have creative director problems. Yeah, I don't. So I, I don't I, know. I, if I do think from a PR perspective, there's a reason for them to want to be a little bit more on the down low about this and to make it I don't seem know if that, that trilogy is happening still i think it was just like hey because we know now what that was about their, their trilogy they announced was going to be about the start of the jedi like how they actually became jedi um and i just feel like f- from what i've read about it i don't know if that entire trilogy is just continuing with someone else i think they're just like okay db and db are leaving and that idea is dead with them and we'll let someone else make something new which is different yeah. than everything else, like Solo get replaced and then continue making all that kind of stuff. When we also don't know the ins and outs of the Netflix deal and uh, how that affects the Disney or how D- Disney uh, affects Marvel, uh, not Marvel, goodness, Netflix, like how the two affect each other, like what went on on the back end there. Um, yeah, scheduling conflicts, like all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't, I don't know. I just. I'm not yet convinced that that's what it was. Uh, and I hope that's not what it is because I don't know. I, f- I-, I feel like when hiring, I would hope that when hiring people to a huge project like this, you research all of their previous writing and all of their previous work. Now, the Gemini manuscript probably wasn't written at the time. I don't know. I don't, who knows? Um, and I, it was written in earlier this year. Yes. Early, so, so they they couldn't have read that, but like they could. Well, by have... the time they hired them for Star Wars, Gemini Man was probably not written. Yeah, exactly. But uh, most... and they probably didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, but like most of the other, they stuff, announced like... the deal earlier this year, though, so it was definitely written. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure they didn't go back and say, "Oh man, six Let's, weeks ago you signed on to a project." I think they yeah. just looked at, "Oh, the Game of Thrones creators, cool. That's gonna yeah, exactly. That's gonna look great." That's what they said. Yeah, and I, then the show ended up ending really terribly. I think that had an impact. I yeah yes no I, I'm I don't I don't know how the end of the Game of Thrones may or may not have impacted them ultimately not being part of it anymore, but. What I, what I mean is, like, I would hope that when hiring them, like, yes, it's a like, they were they're the writers of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a huge, hugely popular show. We want them 
And then once you get to that point, I would hope, I don't know how the business is run, but that they would then actually look into their previous work. Because that's millions and millions of dollars that they're going to be giving these people for this uh, series, which is universally popular since, what, the 70s? When did the first one even come out? I don't remember. I think it was the 70s, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, 77. I don't know if they did that. I would, I, I hope that they did that. And we're like, okay, yeah, there's this and this and this, but with these other things, whatever they are, you know, we like, we like them. And also Game of Thrones. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can't say that that's how it was. I'm just like saying that, like, I hope that that's how that was. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know why they left. I just, I hope that they weren't fired because of one season of television. I really do. Although it wouldn't be against Disney to fire someone over something trivial, like a tweet from eight years ago. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag James Gunn. And that's, <laughs> and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that's why I think it makes sense. Like, if they fired him over one tweet from eight years ago, why wouldn't they fire these guys for having a ridiculously bad backlash for a season that was not up to par in a huge well, way the tweet compared to the from, other seasons? I just think that's like, that is the reason to fire them. You want them to make a movie for you. Well, the tweet from eight years ago was... I don't remember even what the tweet said, but it was an offensive tweet that was offensive to many, many people. And like, yes. And then he came back and said like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. I've changed and and whatnot, Um, which is great because I know that people do change as they as they grow. But I think that the reason Disney fired him then was because of that backlash. And that is more of a backlash than people not liking a season of television. But the backlash was much bigger for Game of Thrones than that tweet. Yes, but the thing is, television is a, is unimportant compared to a group of actual people being offended or insulted. I don't even know what the tweet said. I don't really don't remember. But I like, think it was something the, about child pornography or something. Child, like that. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. So those are on a scale. Of important to completely <laughs> yeah. unimportant. Childborn Game of Thrones. Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. So I think that th- I think that that's why that happened, and uh, I think ultimately it probably did. Uh, what's his uh, James Gunn some some good? Maybe yeah. I, that it did though, because because DC came back, Warner Bros came back at him, and literally he he mentioned this uh, like a couple weeks ago. Literally said, "Hey, we want you to direct the Suicide Squad, and we'll give you whatever you want." Yeah, and then like the that even the actors and people were you know like f- like came out and like fought for him essentially, and then he got rehired. I think that did him some good, but I just I just think that the two can't even be compared. Because I agree they're the tweets so themselves vastly different. I, I agree that the the controversial content, we can say, can't be compared for the content that it's being compared. However, they can be compared in terms of how Disney's going to perceive that's going to impact their bottom line when they release that movie. Will this backlash impact the opening weekend sales of that movie? I, I mean, that must be a conversation they're having. I would be floored if it wasn't. If they didn't get in a room and say, hey... The backlash to Game of Thrones is really bad. It's one of the worst backlashes to any TV show in history. Do we want these guys to be at the forefront of this next trilogy? I think it's an extremely natural conversation that to happen at Disney. I mean, that's that's the marketing end. That's the business end. That just that makes complete sense. 
It, it, I, it is a valid conversation to have, but I think comparing it to whatever conversation they had to have about James Gunn when that tweet arose is, I just don't think that's a, a comparable comparison because the conversations were so different. Like more people. Both conversations were a conversation no, of, hey, no. this this thing happened. This is going to impact if people are going to want to sit in seats and watch something this director made. I, so yes, like the content, the tweets and, and the, the tweets that were sent out in the Game of Thrones episodes, yes, are extremely different. But the conversation they had in the boardroom of, do we want this person to be directing that content? And will that entice people to sit in seats? Is an extremely similar conversation. And I do think it's comparable. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I feel like no one's going to rest until the other's convinced and no one's going to be convinced, so let's move on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apple TV Plus launch. Hold and go. You watched all of them, Chad. Where do you go? I talked a lot recently. Great. So Apple TV Plus is a new streaming service that just launched on Friday, November 1st. Um, it is available to anyone who has not just an Apple device, but you can also watch it on Android and TVs and shit like that. And it's got a little bit of content to watch right now. And I watched everything that was available that like hour long dramas. They have like, four shows really. And then they have a couple documentaries and a movie or something like that. And some kid shows, Snoopy in space and whatever the other kid show is. I watched the three hour long dramas that were meant for adults. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I watched Dickinson. Uh, so the, I'm going to briefly describe the four shows. We'll talk about them and then I'll let you guys know my reactions to them. So we have, um c which is the jason momoa and fuck what is her name is it viola davis uh from how to get away with murder yes yes they are they are in this show i'm pretty sure that's her um and it's a world that is centuries after the 21st century when there was a virus that came out and made everyone blind and killed all but like 50,000 people or so. No, sorry. I'm getting that confused with Metro 20, whatever. Um, anyway, everyone went blind. A, per, a very small percentage of the population still exists. So the whole show is about blind people. And I think it's fascinating. We'll get to that later. That's one show that's out. And then there's another show called for all mankind that has the guy that from that Netflix show that I, just could not get into. I don't remember what it is. Oh, uh, Mr. Robot? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good callback. Um, no, what's the what's the one that's like futuristic? It has the guy, you he was naked and you laughed at his butt or something like that. Oh, gosh, which which butt? It's a, it's a side. <laughs> anyway, it was, a, it was one that came out like two years ago and everyone was all about it. It was like, can't get into it. Anyway. Was it something that I liked? I think oh, so. Altered Carbon? Altered Carbon, that's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So it has him in it, and it's... An, I remember laughing uh, at an, that, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's an alternate history show about what would have happened if the Russians beat us to space. Or beat us to the moon. So the Russians land on the moon first, and then we're playing catch-up, and everyone's freaking out. Um, that's a show that's on there. And then there's also a show called... See, For All Mankind... The Morning Show, which is the one they've been pushing hardest. That's Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell. I've seen and, pictures of this, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Legally Blonde. What's her name? Oh, you got yourself a stew going. <laughs> no, that's Carl Reese, Weathers. Re, no, Reese, Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Remember, you, we, you put her face oh, on her, her face chin. Oh, her face on Amabella's forehead, Reese Witherspoon's chin. You got yourself you a stew. You got yourself yeah. a stew going. Reese Sorry, Witherspoon. Inside joke. <laughs> uh, it's them together. 
uh, and it's about Me Too and uh, Steve Carell being fired from this, the most popular morning news show in America. And then the last show is Dickinson, which is Haley Steinfeld, Jane Krakowski, oh. and it is kind of a modernization of sorts, but still set in the 1800s of Emily Dickinson's life. And it's completely fictional, but it's based around her poetry. Oh, cool. And it is a half hour comedy and it is very good. So that's kind of what's out there now. And then there's an Elephant Queen documentary. There's two kid shows. And then there's something else that's out there. But that's all that's on Apple TV Plus right now. Oprah's Book Club. Oprah's Book Club. That's what it is. It's a TV show? Is it like a talk show with her? Yeah. 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 Um, It does not have, I expected this at launch, but it does not have other content. Similar like Netflix and Hulu. They have their originals and then they also have other stuff from other channels you can watch on there. It does not have any of that. It's just these like eight or nine things. It's $4.99 a month. It's free if you've bought an Apple device since like September 12th or whenever the fuck that the thing was and you get it free for a year cool. um, or it's also covered under family sharing. So if you like you guys are on a family share program and I bought an Apple device, then you get it for free as well for a year. Holden, what did you specifically want to talk about? The value, the shows themselves. Well, I want to talk about the shows themselves. I watched everything except for C. So I've seen Dickinson. You saw I've the first three episodes the of all of them? Or just, just the first episode. Just the first episode. Just the first. Oh, yeah, I just want to talk about the pilots for each of them. Um, and I actually have to say I liked all of them. I didn't really dislike any of the shows. Um, I was knowing what did you watch morning show was going to be about. <laughs> I didn't watch Snoopy <laughs> Space. I'm curious. <laughs> knowing, what, knowing what the morning show was about beforehand, like being at the Me Too movement, like that's an important conversation to have in a show. I'm very curious what it could be. It could also be really preachy, and I they I didn't, didn't feel preachy at all. Good. It felt like it was very nuanced, and it was about how each of these different characters are responding to the situation and how it impacts their own life. And I think it was really well done in that regard. I do think Reese Witherspoon's character was a little over the top. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen how it develops in episodes two and three, but one of the first scenes you see with her, one of them is her just yelling at this dude and it's a video that goes viral and it's honestly i thought was really obnoxious um but other than that i really liked the show i liked all the characters i think jennifer anderson was fantastic i also haven't really seen her in anything since uh friends this is and the, millers. the breakup <laughs> this is the yeah. first uh tv show she's done since friends yeah and, she's and not i think it's a great in a while either yeah it's been she a while in yeah. uh, that adam sandler netflix movie this year Oh yeah. Well, does that count? Was that a good movie? <laughs> it was a career move she made. <laughs> well, and that was that a follow up to because there was another one that they were in together, like where they got divorced or something, and then they met and they had their kids, and they were in Africa, and then they fell in love. Anyway, no idea what that that's is. for a different episode of the podcast. <laughs> Continue. I watched so all three I, episodes I, of Morning Show, and I like it. I do feel like it is the weakest of the four shows, however. Um, uh, some of my... I, I really enjoy Jennifer Aniston's performance, and I'm enjoying her character arc so far. Um, I think she's fantastic. I think that Steve Carell, his character and the way that he's dealing with being fired for... What he keeps yelling about is like, it was all consensual. It was sexual misconduct. It wasn't rape. It wasn't me being creepy like Weinstein. And then they have Martin Short actually play a Weinstein-type character. 
and you're like, ooh, okay. You guys are kind of different people. But I do feel like throughout the first three episodes, at least, it's muddled the message that they're trying to send about Me Too. And I also feel like the movement itself, it, it is very on the nose. They mention it by name. Hey, you can't say that yeah. in Me Too anymore. Hey, since Me Too happened, you got to be careful what you say, blah, blah, And then Me Too is an overcorrection. Blah. So it it is all very, very on the nose, which I don't appreciate. And I think it's it's the most blatant in Morning Show. Does it get worse? Because it wasn't that bad in the first episode. It does kind of get worse, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And to be clear... The the strategy Apple TV Plus is doing is that for any show that premieres, they're dropping the first three episodes all at once. So you can watch three to see if you really like the show, which I appreciate because I, I do that anyway for shows. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch the first three episodes to see if I like it. Um, and then in the event of Dickinson, they just dropped the whole first season. Um, so yeah, morning show I like, but having watched all the other ones, I feel like it's the weakest. I was sick all weekend and I'm still sick now, which is why I sound kind of like this, but... Like, uh, so I had I had a lot of time okay. to watch stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked that one. But the, the thing about Apple TV Plus when they announced the service is the, like is they announced we have a service that we think we could tell great stories that are important to the conversation and important to humanity. And I feel like they so far are picking. All right, what's a conversation we need to have? Oh, me too. Let's make a show around that. Oh, we need to have a show about discrimination. Let's make C. We need to have a show about how women should be equal. Let's make Dickinson. So I feel like every single show has a big topic that we need to be discussing as a society. And I feel like some shows are successful at like weaving that into a really interesting narrative. And some of them are just like as blatant as Me Too in the morning show. And it's not interesting to watch because they call it out so explicitly. Yeah, sorry if you hear my dog Thoughts running on- around. She's no playing. worries. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm disappointed to hear that Morning Show gets more on the nose as it goes along. Because I, I think that I liked the vagueness of it. Or they're not really making a definitive stance on like, this is what you should be thinking about the Me Too movement. They're just like, hey, here are these different characters and how they kind of grapple with it. And I'm curious to see how that evolves. But it, it starts to get a little... Are you saying it gets I, preachy or it gets like too, like too on the nose? Like... They just, I think they the show itself it doesn't lot. know what it wants to say about it. Like, I get that it's like vague and like there are different points of view on the same topic, but then yeah. sometimes it's like it's damning the movement and saying it was an overcorrection. And then it's sometimes the show itself and the writing and it, it becomes preachy. And it's like, no, absolutely, women's power, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I feel like the show should have a stance and then the characters should have their own things within that. But the yeah. show, I feel like, wavers itself on from episode what to episode. Stances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm curious where it goes. I might keep watching the show only because I want to see how that ends up. Because I feel like they can't just not have a message for the show. Yeah, and and it might end that way by there. the end of the first season. So who knows? We'll see. I'm, but I'm. This is a show I want to give a full season. I also want to give a full season to For All Mankind. I liked For All Mankind. What's that one about? It again? is so that's the um, uh, Russia gets to the moon before yeah, America yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, and that was really interesting to kind of even like how they're picking apart how the inner workings of NASA led to this happening and how they kind of played it too safe. And I kind of like how they actually have like an explanation as to this is the point where things started to diverge from our own timeline. Mm-hmm. Like it was the response to Apollo five, not going well, which really did happen. And now how else could that have impacted NASA outside of what we saw before? I thought that was kind of cool. They're able to kind of bring it to that point and say like, this is where the split occurred. Um, I, I don't necessarily care about a lot of the characters in for all mankind. However, 
mm-hmm. think I'm just more interested in the kind of historical fiction and what they're going to do with that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a really cool premise. But you kind of, when the, by the time that first episode ends, you kind of go, okay, I know exactly what this show is. Yeah, I at the end I don't of the first episode, at the end of the first episode, I was in your same boat. I didn't care about any characters. And in fact, I think because of the way they're releasing these, they actually, for any of these shows, if I'm correct, they didn't shoot a pilot and then approve the show based on a pilot. They just did a full series order on all of these ideas from different directors and writers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And... I think they went in planning to say, hey, there's a three-episode arc. How do we catch the audience by the end of episode three? Because every single one of these shows ends on a cliffhanger in the end of episode three. And you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens next. Blew my mind. So um, I think you're right. By the end of episode one, I wasn't sold on For All Mankind. But definitely by the end of three, I was like, oh, I'm invested in these characters. And something happened. And I'm emotionally like concerned for these people. Um. This one, I think, is the least blatant on the preaching its message, which I think is, <laughs> like, I, I appreciate subtlety and respecting me as an adult and letting me infer things from dialogue that's well-written. Yeah. Um, so I like this. There's a, a little bit of, like, um, I, I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to mention it, but there's a, there's a little bit in there in episode three that is uh, a, just slightly more explicit, but I appreciate it because it's still well done. Yeah. So I like the show. I like it a lot. It's good. You should definitely watch it. At least through the end of episode three. three. You get that cliffhanger. Do they have a, a release date yet for any of the rest of the season? I think it's episode by episode every week now. Oh, okay. Yes. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Very um, cool. Dickinson surprised Dickinson me. is by far the best show on this service. I it really, is. I oh, so good. You said it's, that's <laughs> the one with Jane Crick. Jane Krakowski and Haley Steinfeld, who I have a huge ass crush on, who is so good in this. Nice. Yeah, it just has a. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it just because I like I like Morning Show. I'm probably going to watch Morning Show of all the shows so far. But I mean, for all my can, I mean, um, was he getting at? But it has a sense of style I wasn't expecting, and it works better than I thought it was going to. When I saw the trailers, I was like, man, it's a really dumb concept. Like, <laughs> Emily Dickinson's time with rap music in the background, because they're so modern it's, and trendy. It's kind of like but the Hamilton really well. of it. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's it the Hamilton well. of Emily Dickinson. It doesn't necessarily have the characters rapping, but it's like, hey, how do we still set this in the period? Mm-hmm. We're still talking about events happening there, and her writing poetry, and all that kind of stuff. But... Also, the soundtrack has like trap music and dubstep and that kind of stuff in it. Trap. They, the the teenagers still talk like teenagers talk today, but the grown ups talk like people would talk in the eighteen hundreds. And I think it's a really interesting That's juxtaposition. So cool. <laughs> um, but this one's very funny. There's a a big this one's issue. It's social issue that is dealing with is the role of women and. Jane Krakowski being her mom is very much a traditionalist. Like women, I, I, my purpose here is to serve the man and clean the home and all this kind of stuff and cook. And then Haley's like, I want to write poetry and just like go and think. And I don't want to do chores 24 seven. Um, but then it's also like set in this time where kids are having house parties and talking about marriage and doing opium together. And like, it's so funny. It kind of reminds me of like, 
if it were also the show Another Period, like a really uh, tame version of that, but it still kind of has that cheekiness to it. Extremely tame. Yeah, it's a very tame <laughs> version of that. Such a good show. I mean, we say comedy, it's not like Another Period. It's a very, I'd say it's a very subtle, muted comedy. And I yeah. don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a good way. There are still times where I laugh out loud, especially the um, Elizabeth Dickinson's sister is very good. She's Elizabeth very good. Dickinson? Sorry, Emily Dickinson's sister. <laughs> it's like, wait, did uh, I forget very good. Well, the one of the names? It's an alternate <laughs> history version where they just changed her name to Elizabeth, but everything else is the same. <laughs> yep. Uh, so this one is very funny. It's a half-hour comedy, too, so it's easy to consume. I've watched four episodes of it. I think there are eight out total. Nice. Uh, that I plan to probably finish today sometime. And then there is C. C is the Jason Momoa, Everyone's Blind. This one is maybe my second favorite of all the shows. I did not think I was going to like it. I saw the trailer for it and was like, that looks mm, dumb. But it's like everything's taking place in these villages and out in the jungle because centuries after no one can see, everything's degraded and people have gone back to like tribal ways. Mm. But this one is fascinating Part of what I love about it is all the research that went into, like, how would these societies actually be formed and what would they do? How would they read? How would they communicate? There are, like, ropes tied at the top of the villages and everyone carries a walking stick and they can just kind of trace along it with their walking stick to know where they're going in the village. People are wearing jewelry to communicate in different ways. Uh, During There are really interesting ways that people, like, it's battles. Like, it's, think of it like... um, the show Vikings on the History Channel is a very interesting kind of similar show. Uh, the showrunner for this also wrote and directed Taboo. Taboo, not Taboo, sorry. I, I started saying Tablooey because that's what we called it. But it's Taboo. He did Taboo and he did something else. <laughs> Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, that's what it is. Taboo is Tom Hardy and uh, the guy who played Al Capone on Boardwalk Empire. Anyway, uh, I'm really interested in the story. It's really fascinating. This before. The thing that fascinates me the most, though, is just like, how does a blind battle scene work? Yeah. And how do they fight? They have different roles in the tribe. Like, because your sight of sense is gone. Sorry, your sense of sight is gone. Uh, they deal with like neuroplasticity and like, oh, some people have like taken over like the occipital lobe that doesn't need to be used anymore has like been used for the sense of scent. And now some people are like, hey, so-and-so, what do you smell? Like there are 200 people 300 feet away, blah, blah, blah. And then like, wow. and people who are good at like inferring like, oh, I can sense there are hundreds of men on horses and they're pawing at pebbles right now. And so like being able to use different senses and people have different abilities, that's really cool. But then the social issue, quote unquote, that is dealing with is discrimination because in the first episode, you find out that one of the people in the tribe has twins and the twins can see. So discrimination based on like disability, except this is the opposite because they're all disabled except for. Right. So the whole thing is there's a tribe of people hunting the twins and hunting their mother because oh. they are quote unquote witches. They think they're witches and they they burn people. It's similar to like the Salem witch trials where they would yeah. just burn people for no reason. So they're going from village to village burning people who they think are witches and they're after these two kids because they can see. Um so that's a discrimination and then when it comes out like the message they're trying to push is you are just like us. We're all the same. We can yeah. hear better, you can see better. Sometimes we're better at battle and night, sometimes you're better in the day like so that's the issue. It's trying to do racism and discrimination against people cool. who are the same with slightly different backgrounds. With slightly di- yeah. 
So C is fascinating. I'm really excited for that. Um, and that again at the end of season three, there's a, or sorry, episode three, there's a really cool battle sequence in episode three with Jason Momoa and it ends on a big cliffhanger too. And I'm like, God, they got me. They hooked me. Hook, line, and again, sinker. I was not expecting to like this show. I thought the trailer was dumb. I thought I was going to love morning show and for all mankind much better. And turns out this is the one I'm most excited for. Nice. Question for you. This is one that just, this is, I'm very curious. If everyone's blind, how do they know these babies can see? That's something you'll have to see in the show. Okay. Part it's like the way that they deal with the blindness is part of the reason why I love watching it so much. Like seeing how they read, they read by like running their fingers. They, words are knots on a on a string, so they tie knots in different ways, kind of like a Morse code, and you run your hand along it, and that's how you read. And that sounds so tedious. <laughs> but I mean, the the way that they do it is so quick. But man, oh, I'm sure it it's is, cool in the story, but like. Like, let me write this paper for school. One second. Let me just, A. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't have school, Holden. It's centuries after the world has gone to shit. I'm making a joke, Chad. Oh, but something else. I'm I'm happy to see, part of the rumors going around about Apple TV Plus and productions and things like that, is that Apple was apparently pushing things to be family friendly. Um, No, they were. And what I'm (laughs) happy (laughs) to see is that the word fuck is thrown all over the morning show. Um, there are, there are. I love when people say fuck. It's so good. There are multiple (laughs) shows out of the four that I watch that have lesbian cunnilingus in them. Good because Um, (laughs) lesbians are family friendly. Cunnilingus, not so much. (laughs) Well, it happens. Uh, And then one of the characters in C, the way that she prays is by masturbating. So she's wow. praying while masturbating. Yeah, it's it's part of like this whole new world. And that makes me I heard about that, dirty. and I'm like, how do you? Make that <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. So the world of C is what I think fascinates me the most. But then also the characters and and what they're dealing with is kind of cool. I mean, is that just an app I can download? Yeah, it's the Apple TV app on all of your devices that you already have. So here's oh. where I get. To, yeah, here's where I get to. Like there are like eight shows right now. Is it a good value? Because it doesn't have the rest of the shit. Right now, no. I don't think it's a good value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for $5 a month, what you can get from comparable services like Hulu and Netflix. Netflix now actually is so much more expensive. But Hulu, there's like an ad-supported tier at $7 or something. And then Disney Plus is coming out at 7 just down the road. And it has hundreds of thousands of everything on it. I don't think this is a good value right now. However the fact that they're giving it away to like, it's almost impossible to not find a way to get this for free. Yeah. Whether you're in a family share with someone who has it or whether you bought any, literally any Apple device, Apple TV, Mac phone, iPad, anything in the last month or so, or going forward, you get a year of it for free. I think a year from now when they've built up enough content, it will be a good value. But if yeah. you can find a way to watch it free now, absolutely do it. Do you think I the think price will the go up then? Free. I honestly I don't, don't think, think so. so. No? Okay. Yeah. No. Four ninety nine. that's a good price for like if you can get like a significant amount of content yeah. that you can on these other... Every, it is cheaper than any other streaming service yeah. out there. There's one more free way to get it as well. If you pay for the student um, pricing for Apple Music, you just get Apple TV Plus. With oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So student cool. pricing for Apple Music is five bucks. And if you pay for that, then you also get free Apple TV Plus. That's cool. 
That's cool. $20 value for $5. It's a good deal. I actually do think it's a good value right now. Simply just for the st- for a loan, blah, just alone because I don't think that a streaming service is launched with this consistent of a catalog in terms of all their new shows, all of them are, none of them are bad. But you also get like three episodes of each for the first couple of weeks. But that's what I'm talking about as an opening catalog. I think this is a really good opening catalog. I don't yeah. honestly think that it could have gotten better. I mean, whenever someone new joins, not just streaming but content creation like amc had two shows mad men and a little while after that breaking bad and then you have even disney plus i mean their big show is mandalorian Wait. outside of that are you really excited about i'm excited about the all Jeff the Goldblum? marvel shows but those aren't available initially though is my point a couple of them are initially on november 17th yeah, yeah like two weeks from now Really? I don't think I so. I think uh, Falcon and something that they said November twenty uh, November twenty nineteen. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Year. I'm pretty sure that's next year. Look it up. Because we would have seen trailers for it if that were the case. We have seen trailers for it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Did I, how did I miss that? I don't well, know. Well, when a man loves a woman... they have kids who can see and then the world discriminates against them and tries to kill them yep they should do a double blind study and then nobody's gonna try and get them (laughs) no that's coming out next year (laughs) it just started filming in october there was one of those shows is coming out in november i don't know look it up i don't think that i think it's just the mandalorian either way i'm pumped for that too Plus, it's already but they also all have of their pre-existing stuff. Exactly, on they have the huge back catalog of everything Disney mm-hmm. almost that's ever existed, which I think is the real value, especially for parents with kids who like you can just put it on and press play yeah. on anything and they'll like fucking all watch the it. stuff that's in a yeah. in the vault right now is going to not be in the yeah. vault anymore, right? That always pissed me off that Disney did that. Put shit yep. in the vault. <laughs> Here's something that I do appreciate: the streaming quality of Apple TV Plus is the best stream I've ever watched. Like the 4K HDR that I'm getting on Apple Plus, yeah, on Apple TV Plus is the best. Like zero artifacting, zero color banding. Even there are like sometimes characters or things where you would see like really tight, small patterns. That uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term Moire, M O R M O I R E, but it's like when someone wears like a pinstripe shirt, and then you can, if you watch it in a video, it like has a yeah. wave to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's something that you normally see in low quality streams, but man, this is perfect. It's like I'm watching a 4K Blu-ray, but it's being streamed on the internet. So I, whatever they've done to work out the streaming servers and all that kind of stuff, it is pristine looking. I probably contrast that, to see that. Contrast that with the night episode of HBO on Game of Thrones and their terrible streaming app, and you couldn't watch anything because you couldn't see anything, and there was artifacting everywhere, and it was awful. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> Ugh. I'm. I found a uh, an article uh, on the Verge talking about everything that's gonna be released when this starts. Yeah, that's a lot of the backlog stuff. Yeah. Uh, what Captain Marvel? I guess that's the movie Marvel's Hero Project. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, even National. I forget National Geographic. The Simpsons is going to be on there too. That's yeah, a big one. That's why we're going to get it for that very reason. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Samsonite. Well, 
<laughs> Santa. I, I was way. Go back to Apple Music though. I think just like having four really good shows at Apple launch, TV Plus. Apple TV Plus, yeah. I think that's just a really good start for any streaming service. I mean, Netflix only had House of Cards. Hulu got its first show that was worthwhile watching with Handmaid's Tale. HBO, when it first started off, had Sopranos and Oz. So, like, the fact that they have four shows that are like, these are actually all pretty good. Yeah, the original content is good, but those catalogs also had a ton of backlog that you could look at. But it's also five bucks. Yeah. Which is not that much. So, like, I, I actually, I don't know. I think that. Honestly, for yes, I would pay really five dollars for these four shows by themselves, hundred yeah. percent. Um, and I pay to be honest, like the whatever the ad free tier of Hulu is, plus the ultimate tier of Netflix, whatever. But, um, <laughs> I'd say comparatively, if you're looking to watch a lot of TV shows mm-hmm. of varying quality, but a lot of them are good, even if they're not Hulu originals, I think Hulu's a better value yeah. than Apple TV Plus. But like I just think that's not what more. Apple TV Plus is, though. I think it's more like a channel. like, And that's kind of what Apple TV has their Apple TV channels now. Where it's like you have your Apple TV Plus channel, you have your Showtime channel, your Stars channel, Lost, and you yeah. just have your different channels. Uh, what was the last thing you heard? They have their channels now, and then you froze. Okay. They have the, they have the uh, channel section of the Apple TV now, which is the Apple TV Plus channel, the Stars channel, the Showtime channel. You have these different channels for different types of content that you can get. Apple's not trying to compete with Netflix. They're just trying to be a service to watch premium content from. Right. So they're trying be to be the CBS All Access. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're like not trying to be a... one TV channel. It's not at all you can eat buffet. That's what Netflix is. They, they know they, there's not going to be... There's only going to be one Netflix, and it already exists. It's going to be about just having some exclusive content that people want to pay money for. And if you're willing to spend five bucks on those four shows, then Apple TV is, is worth it. And I think that a lot of people would. Well, I'm glad you feel like it's a good value. I don't, but we're allowed to have different opinions. And I bet it will uh, eventually, Another... for more people, become worth a value well, down the line. Yeah. Over time, absolutely, yeah. Another but for the value of free, example, 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to... Yeah. Think of it this way, though, in terms why of value I? for like the why? average consumer. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Too wise. People, people buy per channel for different channels on the TV in general. And it's like that. People spend more than five bucks for one channel. This is just the one channel right now. I would be interested yeah. to see statistics on like how our generation, how many people in our generation pay for cable versus don't. Oh, a None. Lot. it's a lot less. None. Yeah. They all yeah. pay for nothing for stealing their dad's username. And by stealing, I mean taking. But <laughs> yep, that's, what, that's <laughs> what we do. They all watch the stuff. That's what we do with, for Casey's parents. We have their Verizon. Yep. I use my parents' uh, spectrum for things yeah. like FX and all that kind of stuff. But then they use my HBO. And then so it's all one big orgy of services that we all share as a family. I love that you, yeah, I was like, I love that you described uh, this with your family as an yeah. orgy. It's a big family orgy of services. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've been recording for an hour and ten minutes. Do you want to do you want to push the China and the China quiz to another episode or do you want to make this one a little bit longer? I'm limited on time today, so I would push I it? would appreciate pushing okay. it. Yeah. Let's push it and then I'll continue to see if I can find any more ridiculous questions to ask you. 
Great. If you're interested in what I did in China, who I met, was it someone famous? Spoiler alert. Mike is the one that went to China. He's the international traveler. What did I eat? (laughs) Who knows? Find out next week on Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) Survive the winter. Uh, All right. Well, uh, take us out, Holden. Hugs and kisses. Farts and farts. (laughs) Shardy farts. (laughs) 